0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
1: Hey, everybody. It's Dave here. Instead of Tyler, Tyler is <laughs> presently purchasing a brand new truck. He hopes to join us shortly. But until then, it's Monday. And you know what that means? That means what Ty, or Deshaun?
2: means to turn your Monday's purple. You got I'm gonna that, get that right, that down right
1: one there, time. buddy. <laughs> on today's show, we're going to talk about uh the whole lack of energy thing and all how that panned out along with um the failures of Mike Zimmer to capitalize on certain things. It may cost him his job. Uh it, it should cost him his job, by the way. And uh my, Tyler wrote a whole piece on that. We'll get into that. And then we'll look at um, some of the fat positions coming out of this draft. But that's stay station the roll in. The show. the show features Tyler Fornis and Deshaun Vaughn as they talk your Minnesota Vikings with you, the fans. Three, two, <laughs> that's the quick roll in. That's the 22nd or 26 second roll in there. Deshawn, what did you think? You like it shorter? Yeah. Or were you off yeah, front It was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I, I, I should put in the normal one because I still even haven't got the tweet out yet. Um, <laughs> tell us about your holiday. How'd it go?
2: Oh, it was great, man. So much time with family. Uh, my girlfriend got me this Oculus Quest thing, man. I didn't realize how much this stuff burns your arms. But, uh, the oh, reality and- yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this thing, man. It's like, <laughs> you put it on your head and you just, you go waving your arms.
1: <laughs> Was it fun?
2: <laughs> oh yeah. It's great. Um, I've been playing like kind of like exercise games as of now, but my sister is like really into horror. So I don't know if you guys know about the five nights at Freddy's franchise. It kind of puts you no. in that seat. Yeah, it's uh it's like um it's like Chucky e. T's gone horror. <laughs> so uh, so we'll see about that. We'll see if she gets me into that. But uh hey everybody in the chat, thank you for joining us a couple of days after Christmas. I hope everybody's done with their Christmas over- hangover. We saw the Vikings were not <laughs> <laughs> and uh, resulted resulted in a loss. You know, super just a total lack of energy. no, I don't want to say it was a lack of energy because the defense came out and played. They played. That first half from the defense I don't want to say phenomenal, because I think we went in, what, it was 10-3 to
1: three yeah, or 10-0 at half? It wasn't phenomenal, but the defense did generate three turnovers, right? And they were trying their damnedest. If if everybody that watches looks at the um, the thumbnail, you'll see that led by Adam Thielen, the guys coming out of the tunnel, and then you see uh, Kirk Cousins after he's dejected, after he missed a pass or whatever it was during the game. It seemed some came to play. Uh, I want to take Adam Thielen for one. Coming off that, you know, the short rehab of the high ankle sprain. He was out there playing. He had all the heart to play. It got re-injured or aggravated, and he still came out after that. He was doing it. You had Justin Jefferson open in numerous places, and he was doing it. But there was some players on the team or the whole atmosphere that seemed flat. And, I mean, the defense was trying to get after everybody. I wish they did get some pressure, but I wish they would have gotten some sacks and even more pressure, and they didn't. Um, But it was just the play calling or whatever. I mean, there was five series where the Vikings were three and out on four of them. And it was just, oh, come on. That comes down to execution because some of it wasn't play calling. Some of it was play calling. When you run, you know, up the middle for two yards, when you're inside the 10, that's most likely play calling. But when you sit there and you throw and you've got two wide receivers that are open and then you throw a check down, that's execution. Um, and that's that's what bothers me. And there was – A couple of, there was more than a couple, but there was a couple of tweets afterwards that illustrate this really, really well. First one was from JJ, okay? He's talking about the lack of energy, and he's wondering what in the heck does uh, people have to do? you got to remember, Justin Jefferson came from a national championship team. He's not used to losing. He's not yeah, used one of the best to college teams all time. giving you know hundred percent all the time. This is this is foreign to him, and the fact that he tried to pick people up and they were just still, mm. what does that say about the team? What does that say? Heck, Mike Zimmer led the pregame huddle, and that was like the first time he's done that. He was trying to pump people up. And it's just, what is, I don't know, are they defeated mentally already this season? What it is, but it's wrong. He wasn't the only one that talked about the energy. Uh, You had Patrick Peterson talk about it, and you also had Anthony Barr that were public about it. I don't think Anthony Barr, Anthony Barr was blaming the fans, but you can't blame the fans. You're the guys out there playing the football. Then there was the other quote that I think uh, illustrates this the best. It was Kirk Cousins. It was when they were inside the 10. It was third and goal. You had Osborne open on the left side. You had Justin Jefferson coming open into the corner, and he threw the ball only two yards downfield, instead of into the end zone. And he said that that throw, I was just trying to put it in a safe spot. Dude, you're losing the football game. This football game against the Rams is key to the Vikings getting into the playoffs. And you're not willing to step above and beyond to try to win it? You'd rather play it safe and hold on to your blankie and suck your thumb. Give me a break. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, I didn't
2: like, I saw, I saw that play again and I didn't like that cousins didn't work back. So, um, like you said, I think it was Westbrook. So KJ Osborne ran a pick play on the left side and, uh, D.D. Westbrook was open for a split second. The safety was coming down on it, but if you throw that as soon as K.J. executes the pit, you have D.D. at the one-yard line. He probably gets into the end zone. Cousins kind of started... He, he started the play, he looked right, and he stayed right the whole time. It looked like it like before it, before the play was like even snapped, like he wanted Jefferson the whole way, which I can't blame him for that. I can't blame him for that. You're but in the red Jefferson zone. Jefferson was
1: getting open. But he still, I, th- I think, chose to check down. Jefferson,
2: when he did check it down, JJ didn't have that much separation, so I think Kirk was right when he said Justin was being held up. Now, Re-watch my thing tape. is,
1: he's already on the other side of the defender when right. Kirk he could have, yeah, he work.
2: definitely could have. Yeah, he probably could have fit it in there. But I mean, I can kind of see why he didn't throw it. But my my issue is, you see that. As soon as you see that JJ's being held up, as soon as you see where you want to go with the football, isn't there, come back to your pick play. That's your that, – that, that's like your your 100%. That's the play you're supposed to go to to get the yardage that you need. So as soon as you look at JJ and you see he does not win his route, as soon as it happens, come back to the other side, throw the pick. Or at least look at it. He didn't even right, look at it. Right,
1: to see if that was open. And then if right. that, then if both of them aren't open, you go back, scan JJ again, then go to your check down. He didn't right. do so, that.
2: Yeah, it was a ter- just not good execution. We had a lot of that. Um, it was uh, More specifically, it was like, I think it was a third down. They were like at their own 15 or something. I think this was, I can't remember if this is the one where they had the punt return touchdown. I can't remember if that was it or not, but he had Ramsey on JJ, and JJ actually beat Ramsey on the route But Cousins held the ball too long, and Ramsey came back into the play and was able to break it up. So there was a lot of missed opportunities. So from a defensive standpoint, I can kind of see playing a little flat because you come out against this offense. That's supposed to be like one of the best in the league and you hold them to 10 points. You pick off Matthew Stafford three times and your offense can only muster before, before they did that, that drive when he went down and scored, scored points, it only mustered like 13 points or something like that. That's just not, you can't win in the NFL like that. And then they also had a game like that last week against the bears where the defense was doing great. And then they just wasn't able to do anything with it. That just that kind of stuff is just you, it takes the energy out of the defense. And when you when you're missing guys like Hunter and Everson Griffin, it's gonna be harder on your defense. They showed up. Like I if you if you ask me, I don't care how many rushing yards they gave up because they got three turnovers. They had the Rams had eight drives yesterday where they scored three or less points. Eight times the Rams possessed the football and they scored three or less points. That right there is defensive winning football. I don't care how many rushing yards give up, you give up. I don't care how many passing yards you give up. I don't care about any of that stuff. You hold them to three points and no points eight times. You're supposed to win the football game, and the offense just wasn't able to come through.
1: Uh, Lawrence just posted. Um, man, Nicholas just said, "Everybody's got eighty-four million to hide behind." True. Kyrgyzstan's still saying he's elite, using stats to say he's elite. He's good, but inconsistent. He has seemed off the last five out of six games. And when you're talking five out of six games, a month and a half's worth of football, that is not so much inconsistency. That is something's wrong. And this was the only game that he could say, I had a crack rib. I mean, he could have said part of last week the week before, but I mean, that's still, he still should be better than that. And, to, and on Sunday, passes were behind, they were, you know, slightly off target. Everything is off, and it has been since about San Francisco. And it's just so, so frustrating for us. And how do you think the defense feels, Right. When they go out there, bust their tails doing the best they can with who they've got, and it still isn't enough. When they get an interception and give the ball back to the offense on the 10-yard line, and then the next play, there's false start. Move backwards, right? And we only got three out of that one, right? Three I think plays
2: took a, a second on that play. too.
1: And it's yeah, and there was yeah, the big sack. And it's just Mm -hmm. you got to be kidding me. Um Steve says he's playing for his next paycheck, not to win. Well, Steve, these last five out of six games is not doing him well on that paycheck. The only thing he knows is he's gonna get paid probably what he is now, which is absolutely crazy. Um thirty-five million this year and forty five million next. But it is, he's the ultimate businessman. He's the ultimate, as Scornor says, CEO quarterback. He says, you know, sort of the right things, the canned things. The I'll have to look at the tape. We'll have to do better. Well, no, this was wrong, so I didn't do it. They were in too high, so we go underneath. You know, and it's like, yeah, underneath yeah. means, you know, throw it across the middle about 10 yards down the field, not two yards to, you know, C.J. Ham. It's just as a Vikings fan, it gets frustrating. As all get out, I'm seeing that Tyler still has not joined us yet. Yet, everyone. Oh, he's trying now. Just got a message, um, which is good. So I've talked enough. The <laughs> okay. uh,
2: Um, So yeah, on Twitter today, I kind of highlighted Kirk Cousins' struggles. I it was like. These last couple of games, game, Kirk Cousins just haven't been good, and the defense has actually been playing not at a high level, but I would say at a slightly above average level. And there's Tyler in the dark.
1: In the this dark. Is a new look
2: for you, Tyler? <laughs> but um, and then I just got a lot of pushback. They were like, they kept ref- they kept referencing like his past, his previous. During the season, stuff that he did where he was doing yeah. well and the defense wasn't playing well. So,
0: heads up, I can't hear anything
2: right now.
1: Have you got your headset in? Now you can't hear anything. Yeah, they, Why they, I'd be talking to him, I'm gonna help.
2: Right. <laughs> um, so I'm, I was saying, like, yes, it's, it's good that Cousins was good this year. Cousins was an okay quarterback this year. He was doing some good stuff at some really good points in time and the Vikings weren't winning. And that's not on him. I get that. But, when you need your guy to be great, it you he still has to carry the team. So like, and I saw like I saw Luke Braun had tweeted like he Kirk Cousins has kind of like muddled us into not expecting too much from him anymore or from the quarterback position. So like, what do you think happened? Now I'm talking about Pat Mahomes, who we know Pat Mahomes is on another status here than Kirk Cousins. But the Chiefs had a losing record at some point. This season, losing record. Who do you think brought them out of that? Patrick Mahomes upgraded his play. And now the Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC. So they have to, you have to look at it like, and that's how I was looking. I was looking at it like Cousins has this three game stretch to prove, to prove that he belongs to being a starter quarterback for the Vikings again. And he he just—he didn't—against the Steelers, he kind of—he had a bad game against the Steelers. The game was not great. I mean, if you take away that long touchdown to K.J. Wright, that game is off. He was not good against the 49ers, and he was not good against the Rams. So now we're going into Green Bay, where we have to go into Green Bay, and we're playing Aaron Rodgers, who's playing MVP football, and we're expecting him to outplay Aaron Rodgers. So this stretch—this stretch of football— is why you don't want to extend Kirk Cousins. Yes, he gave us I think he was like PFF number 1 or number 2 rated quarterback for a large part of the season. But ago. when it yes. gets down to it, you can't have you can't have this stretch. You can't have this slump. It's the most important part of the season. You need to string together wins, and Kirk Cousins is playing some of his worst football of the season, and you just can't you can't have that from your starting quarterback. You just that's just not something that can happen, and that's why that they need to they need to move on from him, and I, at this point in time, at this point in time, I don't see a benefit from having Kirk Cousins on the roster next season. So we already know that this roster is probably not going to be in Super Bowl contention next season. So I think you do you do whatever you can to get Kirk Cousins off the roster, because it's it's more beneficial it's more beneficial to have a losing season. With Kellen Munn than it would be to go like 98, 9 and 8 with Kirk Cousins. We can suck, but you get a good evaluation of, of Kellen Munn. But if you just bring Kirk Cousins back and you do like mediocre work again, you haven't gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the point where you do whatever you can to get them off the team just because you need to move forward. You can't you can't really afford to wait that extra year. You're bring it on, you're most likely bring on a new head coaching candidate. Uh, we'll see what happens at GM. They might fire Rex Spillman and bring in someone else. They might decide to start over the whole thing. Who knows? We'll see what happens there. But you're bringing these new guys on. Do you really want to waste an entire year with Cousins at quarterback when you have Kellen Munn, who's – I know Tyler's not a big fan, but Kellen Mann has everything you want from a quarterback. He's big. He's big in size. He can run. His accuracy improves slightly. We didn't really get a big chance to see it, but he has that arm strength. You, as an offensive coach, could come in – and mold that decision making process. You can put plays in that helps that that ha- helps him read defenses, ha- helps him uh, find where to go with the football. And then we haven't even seen him with Justin Jefferson. We haven't seen him with Adam Thielen yet. So you have that there, and you just I don't think you can afford just another year of Coke cuts I think it does a little too much harm to the franchise with the direction that we want to go in.
1: Well, mm-hmm. oh, Andrew often wonders two top 10. 2013 Flacco's good with Flacco, um, or 2013 Ravens, good with Flacco. But should they have, um, could they win with uh, the league with an offensive first mentality? And we know the Ravens have gotten just that and have done that. Can we take that same sort of philosophy of taking the game manager, uh, which Flacco was, and uh, which Kirk Cousins basically is, and then go with an offense-first type philosophy. I think it's going to take a new head coach. I think it's going to take a new quarterback. Mon may be it. We may draft somebody else. I know Tyler has a favorite. Um, He told me about today a little bit, and that is this guy, Bailey Zapp from Western Kentucky. Have a clue, I don't watch. Is that a football. Bailey
0: Zappy graphic I see <laughs> Nah, You can hear
1: us. Yes.
0: I, it, I can hear Deshaun fine. Dave, you're a little choppy. Why I don't know, but
1: Okay. I appreciate you guys accommodating me.
0: I was I was in the process of trying to buy a new truck and i ended up walking out the door without one while they kept me there for longer than they told me i would be there so of course i am yeah can you guys hear me just fine
1: yes we can hear you
0: perfect so let me talk to you about bailey Zappi. bailey Zappi had the best college football season of any college football quarterback ever uh joe burrow put up ungodly insane numbers two years ago for lsu Bailey Zappi beat those numbers. He uh, threw for more passing yards and passing touchdowns than anybody in the history of the NCAA, and he did so while man- managing the game from within structure like at an incredible level. Zappi does not have a powerful arm. I've had somebody who I respect a lot describe it as a nerf gun where it, the, the, it just kind of dies at the end, but what did he like can do? Is he has a full pitch? Uh, it's not that bad. It is not that bad. Uh, he has a full pitch repertoire, meaning he can, he knows when to take stuff off. He knows when to zip it in. He knows how to arc it, throw it high, throw it low. He he can make every type of throw every which way. He is a master manipulator from the pocket. Phenomenal within structure. His out of structure opportunities are incredibly limited on tape. But when he's had opportunities to win outside of structure, he has shown the propensity to do so. Uh, I love Bailey Zappi. I'm going to be higher on him than most people. A lot of people have him in that third and fourth round range. I think I'm going to have him in round two. He has a gunslinger mentality. He makes tight window throws look routine and easy. He comes from a very specific system. But being that it's an air raid, we've seen quarterbacks transition and transition much easier over the past few years and i think zappy could be one of the next guys to come from a small school and play incredibly well in the national football league
2: hey well uh this this upcoming class has a lot of guys uh and we talk about we talk about having a lot of guys with traits so we had last draft we had a lot of star power there was a lot of guys that we thought would come out and do well Right away, uh, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, top two picks have struggled mightily. Trey Lance is actually going to have to – he's going to get a go because I just saw a notification saying that Jimmy G tore a ligament in his hand. So it's, uh, it's Trey Lance's go, which could be pretty big for us uh, if the 49ers start to lose games and the Vikings somehow pull off an upset at Lambeau. Who knows? Maybe we're back in the playoff picture, unfortunately. don't think that's somewhere we should be going.
1: If, <laughs> if the Vic- the Vikings win both their games – Right? Sweep the rest of the division. We still are at a sixty percent chance to make the playoffs. Other stuff has got to happen for us to get in. By losing yesterday, we lost the ability to control our own fate.
2: Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but as far as like going forward with the quarterback situation there's a lot of guys in this draft um we i think we have said it before that this draft is talked about has been lacking talent wise especially when you follow a draft that has Trevor Lawrence, who was looked at to be like the next Andrew Luck, Zach Wilson, it kind of came out of nowhere. You got Trey Lance, you had Matt Jones, you had all these guys. So now you're down to, you know, we have Bailey Zappe, who's maybe not getting as much attention as he uh, needs to be because I honestly did not know much about him. I did not know that he was out here outdoing Joe Burrow. <laughs> but then Would we got um, Matt Carroll, who came out of Kentucky. nowhere.
1: Who does Western Kentucky play? Hey, listen, you got you
2: got to do the traits, man. you got to watch the traits. And it's, it's kind of well, what happened with, uh, with Trey Lance. Trey Lance kind of had Dave, that, that North Dakota split kind of thing. Go Let
0: ahead, me tell Tyler. you about who Western Kentucky played. They did play in the, in the Conference USA, which is not a high-powered conference in Division One football. But they did play uh, UTSA twice, and UTSA – Went 12-1 in the regular season. Their only loss was to North Texas the last week before championship round. They, they played North Texas twice. Lost both games, but they lost by a total of 13 points. North Texas, or sorry, not North Texas. UTSA was one of the best stories in college football. They played great football all year. Uh, they also went into Indiana. They played Indiana. Lost by nine. Uh, they played Michigan State. Lost by 17, but that was a very competitive 17-point loss. Uh, They got down, I think, almost 30 points. They brought it back to within 11, and then they ended up losing by that 17-point mark. Conference USA isn't completely void of talent, and that is a very fair criticism of Zappi. But some of the things he's been able to do will translate to the next level. The tight window stuff, the being able to... Arc it over defenders in the scene, the corner, being able to beat cover two. Uh, those things will translate to the next level. And I'm not really worried about the fact that he's played a lower level of competition. Um, the big thing with this quarterback class, though, everyone has something. Right, Everybody has a, a, for lack of a better term, a fatal flaw. But something that is a major question mark going into this draft class. Kenny Pickett has a zero percentile hand size. He's also going to be 24 years old. Malik Willis
1: struggles zero percent, playing within the pocket. He, meaning tiny or meaning uh, ginormous? Uh,
0: no, uh, 100 percentile means ginormous.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, little hands. Dante
0: Culpepper was criticized <laughs> Let's put it in context, Dave. Dante Culpepper was criticized for having small hands. His hands were nine and a half inches. Kenny Pickett has a verified hand measurement of eight and a quarter. Hey. A full what was in, it? Like inch and a quarter smaller than Dante Culpepper.
2: Burroughs was small, too, right? Burroughs was like a nine nine two five, I think. I can't
1: remember. Burrows has, has small yeah, but it wasn't that small. It wasn't, wasn't picking small.
0: That's still a full inch bigger than Kenny Pickett, though.
1: But you got to remember, an NFL ball is different shape and, I think, slightly bigger than the college
0: ball. Yeah, the the college ball is a little longer and less wide, and the NFL ball is much more compact. It's also heavier, wider. It's much different to grip with the hands. Pickett does wear gloves. That's where a lot of the Teddy Bridgewater comparisons have started. So when you look at all those factors, I'm not a Kenny Pickett guy. (laughs) he's okay. I don't understand the first round hype. If you're going to take a quarterback in the first round is the Minnesota Vikings. He better be an upgrade over Kirk cousins. And I don't think Kenny Pickett has the ceiling to be better than Kirk cousins. I think there are really only two guys that do Carson strong and Malik Willis. Carson strong has a piss missile for an arm. He moves in the pocket like Dan Marino and Ben Roethlisberger, but he's got a major flaw with that knee injury and Malik Willis Could be a smaller, more compact Lamar Jackson. But he's got a lot of work to do throwing the football. His arm talent is superb. It's arguably better than Lamar Jackson's ever has been. So when you take all those things into consideration, what do you do if you're the Vikings? Like, do you take a quarterback in round one? I don't know. But just based off my initial viewings, those are the only two guys who would be worth it as an upgrade to Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah, but all of them anyone you draft are cheaper than Kirk Cousins. And if you trade Kirk yes. Cousins and somebody asks who's going to take Kirk Cousins, there's going to be plenty of QB desperate teams that are going to think that he's the last piece. Um, mm-hmm. They're not paying the 45 million salary. They'll pay maybe up to 35 million. The Vikes may have to pay some of that, but mm-hmm. He will have a trading audience. I don't suspect that we can't if we don't want to. But a lot of this comes down to who's going to be running the show come January. January 10th. You know, it's the Monday after the Sunday of the last game of the season. We don't know. Mike Zimmer's going to get fired. Mike is going to get fired or promoted out of the way. Um... You know, we won't find out about Kirk Cousins until March. All that stuff won't happen until March. Tyler, did you just get home? No, I had to get gas. Oh. <laughs> At
0: least we I'll put can it on now. mute and just listen for a minute. <laughs> um,
1: but there's a whole lot going on. And so we won't know. that. That's why, tuning in to Climb in the Pocket Network, we're going to be watching this. We've already started the prep on the offseason. Why? Because we don't think we're going to make it into this postseason. So we've already started that prep. We're getting into the flow. We're talking about Deshaun and Tyler talking about what's going to happen after probably the next two games. We're going to at least start rolling it in. We're going to start rolling into some mock draft Mondays. We're also going to talk about some free agency so things are going to be changing. It's going to get exciting for once now.
2: Yeah. And I, you you mentioned that the OC is the most important part and it's going to be because the Vikings already have a great, I almost want to call it a fantastic offensive structure already. We just don't know what to do with it. That's the problem. That's why this, that's why this whole process is so frustrating because the offense should be playing 10 times better than what it is. I mean, you have Osborne, and Osborne is not a bona fide number two, but he's shown flashes. He He's made, uh, other than that drop in the end zone that caused the pick, he's, he's a made bona fide some contested catch-up.
0: Right,
2: right. He's good. He, he's probably something that can be a number a number two when you have J.J. balling out of his mind. Um, You still have ISM, and you you have Ole B.C. Johnson coming back, and you can also just draft another guy. And you have Er Smith coming back. So there's no shortage of targets. Do you want to see who's coming then- back? I think it's uh it's OBC, it's Irv Smith oh, no, that's the no, only no. two receivers on. we have. on
1: hold, hold hold your horses, as I used to say. One of the things I've started is my uh, free agent tracker. That may be hard for you to see because, it's, of course, it's a graph. Um, people, if you're watching on your big screen TVs, which you can you, this is easy to see. Um. Everybody in red is a free agent. The only one that's a restricted free agent, believe it or not, is Greg Joseph, our kicker. There's uh um so, who I do want to say didn't mark Barry. I think Barry's a free agent as well, our punter, and I do want to re-sign him. He's been good. But on the offense, yeah, out of all those starters, and this is basically a depth chart, of all those starters, the only one that's free agent is Mason Cole. On the offensive line. And I'm all for improving the offensive line. Right? Mm-hmm. And then when you get into your uh, secondary spots, Rashad Hill is it. Um, I just shrunk it down. Is going to be gone. And then everybody's coming back on the offense, basically. Right. Right? They're under contract. It's the defense where you see all the holes. So, um It's, yeah, it, so it is gonna the way it go. is. But I mean, this offense is built, and it's young. It's built, and it can go. That's that's my whole point.
2: Yeah, and it just it depends on who you get there. And then you have this you have this interesting piece in Kine Nwangu. And now I was so frustrated in the way that. Kubiak used him. Now, he hasn't been, with. The t- I think he was act- activated, what, like week six or something like that. So obviously he wasn't getting that many offensive snaps. And he was kind of just thrown in there because Dalvin wasn't playing. But you have this guy who's fast and he's he's shown the ability to cut better than expected. It, when you drafted him out of college, he was expected just to be a straight line speed guy, not, re- not real, really be able to maintain the speed in and out of cuts, but he's kind of proved that wrong. He's been able to So he's been able to cut in and out of defenders pretty well. So I just, I didn't like the way he was being used. You have a weapon, a potential weapon on offense, and you're just not really, one, they're not really honing his wide receiver abilities. You have all that speed. You could line him up to, you can match him up with the linebacker or a safety and maybe get something out of that. But when you get a guy who can come in and be creative and get the most out of their players, this offense has the ability to be top five like in the NFL. And then you add, you add a big doing a big strong quarterback to that, you add a running element that just isn't there. Now Kellen Munn isn't, he kind of runs like a stick figure almost. He's very uptight when he runs. He's not super fluid, but he has some speed to him. And he's he can pick up 10 yards in a hurry. He's not Kirk Cousins, where Seven yards is a struggle. If you leave Calamon to run 10, 15 yards, it's going to be easy for him. And that's that's an entire new dynamic to the offense. I mean, you're not even including his arm yet. So this offense has a chance to be really good. But the most important part is going to be bringing somebody in who knows how to do it. And I don't even think, as of right now, the whole Bradbury-Cole combination that we had going, I think would be good enough for a quarterback who's mobile. I think what we're what we're seeing is that Kirk Cousins not Kirk Cousins
1: big interior defensive rushers. Even Pudo yesterday. Now he's going against Aaron uh Donald, who is the best, the best three technique in the league by far. He was he was getting smoked on most of the plays. And it's um Cole would have been obliterated just for size. Oli at least kept up size-wise. Not that Donald is big. It's just Donald has got that motor and the moves that he was by, and Oli's doing this with his arm as he's going by. I'm surprised he didn't get holding calls because literally he turned Oli around. Um it's no, I could deal with some bigger, better interior offensive line. Is it absolutely necessary? Well, it depends on the direction of the new coach the new GM in which they want to go. What do they want to build first? Do they want to go the route of, say, uh, Indianapolis and build up that offensive line first and then get the tools behind them? Or do they want to start with the tools, knowing they have part of the offensive line on the bookends? Because saw even though he got beat a couple times, still played outstandingly. Um, do you go the back end first? to beef that up or the defense, which is going to have all the holes. It's all on how we do that. Um, Deshaun. Hey, Joseph, if, if Deshaun Watson clears up all his legal stuff, I would help him move. <laughs> He's a top five quarterback. Why wouldn't he? he is. The question is his legal stuff. He's got to clear that up, and then once he got there, if I were to Wilf's, it'd be instantly. I'm assigning you. You want a masseuse? We'll get you a masseuse. Here he is. His name's Bubba, and <laughs> don't mess with him. His he's got a he's six foot eight, three hundred and twenty pounds, and he's got a bigger brother that's over four hundred. So no asking him for happy endings. Got it? Happy endings.
2: <laughs> so yeah i think once we things will start to fall in line once we see the direction of this football team and until then we're kind of on hold until then the offense is i think the offense when you look at the offense right now when you have two bookend tackles and you have one guard who's actually plays pretty well um, you're kind of, you have three fifths, you have three fifths of the offensive line already established. And you're two, the two pieces that you're missing can be found in later rounds or in free agency. You're, this offense is ready to go. It's ready to go. Like, right. As soon as you get the quarterback and the head coach in place, the offense is going to be ready to go. And you don't necessarily have to have an amazing quarterback right away. You just need one, one you need somebody who's coachable, one, somebody who's going to be able to fit the scheme well and do the things that you accent it to. And really, I think the biggest thing, as of right now, is finding someone physically capable of doing that. The big arm, the, the feet, the pocket mobility, that's what you want as of right now. And then you kind of hope that you can instill the decision-making, the reads, and then somebody that has a little bit of uh some of that stuff that you can't teach that Russell Wilson the the off-schedule plays that's what you're looking for right now and then the other stuff will come along and that's when you start to build your super bowl roster now as far as drafting a quarterback this season that becomes a little bit of a iffy question because first of all we don't know if we're going to be able to get rid of Kirk Cousins i for one you'll I'm know all by for the time up. of the draft right i for one i'll try all to trade before the
1: draft and get another First round pick or whatever.
2: Right, I'm all for trading Kirk Cousins with a draft pick to get him off the team. I am 100 percent for that. If you trade him, you only get 10 million dead cap. That puts you his. That would put you at 24 it's, positive. You can sign. I think I believe it puts you at 24 positive if, if you were able to. Oh, trade. I know
1: it saves us money because it saves 35 million off of what he is right now. So right. now is it enough? No, and There's, the way it, they're still going to need room, more room. But that's but a it's good I think
2: chunk. I. Right, and if you're looking to just solidify your offensive line, if you're if you're looking to just go all offense, rebuild that defense from young, twenty four is more than enough. You can sign two solid interior interior players with the way that Rob B does contracts for nothing, and then you can focus defense, defense, defense into this draft because we're going to need it we need someone to pair with daniel hunter we need another corner if patrick peterson doesn't come back we need another linebacker where anthony bard leaves so and this and there are people here there this linebacker class is ultra athletic uh i, I love the guy from penn state that he's fast fast as hell he and all over the field i love the guy from penn state when I mean, you need a cornerback i like sauce Gardner, man how can Yes, the guy at Penn State. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Smith. Yeah. That's the linebacker. Fast as hell. We'll move to maybe someday replace Kendrick's. I don't know what his inside capability is like. I think he I think he is an inside linebacker, but we would move him to outside, maybe. But Sauce Gardner at Corner. I just need a corner named Sauce Gardner. I don't care if he's good or not. I just need him on a <laughs> roster. First round pick all the way. <laughs> um and then you start to and then maybe you can start building this, uh building this defense back because you're already expecting a drop off. Because Mike Zimmer is not going to be around. That drop off, it's going to come. So you need to start building it back with talent. And that, that's what I would like to do with this draft and maybe see what Caluman. Can do, but I also wouldn't mind getting a guy like Carson Strong in the back of the first, maybe the second, or maybe the Bailey Zappy guy in the late second or early third.
1: It, it all depends on who's here. Yeah, and that, and right. I think the
0: and yeah, I think that's exactly the thing, Dave. It all depends on who is here and who has the reins. This quarterback class is very interesting. Uh, If we move Cousins, I'm going to go under the premise that we get a similar valuation that Matthew Stafford got, a first-round pick and then something else with it. So you have two first-round picks. This this class is very deep at three positions, receiver, corner, and edge. You can argue that we desperately need two two of the three, and there's a good – argument that we still need to focus on drafting a receiver because Adam Thielen is 32 years old. If you're going into a rebuild, it might be advantageous to move Adam Thielen uh, from a strict personnel perspective. Obviously, you have uh, the story of Adam Thielen, the Detroit Lakes kid, goes to MSU Mankato, $500 scholarship, yada, yada, yada. We've heard it a million times. He's a homegrown player by every ounce of the term. And Moving on from a guy like that is going to be incredibly difficult PR. And honestly, from a football perspective, it'll be incredibly difficult. But you can make an argument that you move Adam Thielen for a second or third round pick. You focus on receiver early. You get an edge in round two. Receiver and quarterback right away. Edge and corner in second and third. All of a sudden, you have these pieces set forth for you to be able to make an impact one right away and two long term, which I think could be very advantageous for the Vikings moving forward. But everything that we're talking about, unfortunately, is focused on something that is focused on variable. We just don't know yet. We don't know who's going to be running this team, who's what kind of scheme it's going to be. And with all those unknown factors, it, it makes it for an extra fun conversation because there's a lot of ways you can go. But we need to have some answers before we can really solidify any plans. And I think right now... It, We're in agreement that the Vikings need to find a way to move on from Kirk Cousins in an advantageous salary cap way to get good capital in return to make investments into our future. I just don't know how that happens at this point. I don't know who that happens with. You could argue the Browns, Broncos, and Steelers all make sense, but who's going to be willing to pony up for it and who's not going to be willing to pony up the three first-round pick price for Aaron Rodgers? Right. It's going to be a really fun couple months until we start getting some answers.
1: It will, and there will be tons of rumors and going-ons, and we'll find out. First part of that, we should find out no later than January 10th, which is a Monday, by the way. Hey,
2: big news on a Monday. You need to see me overreact. I can't wait.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Tyler, you're discussing – Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen, I love Adam Thielen. I love his attitude, especially, you know, coming out. He's obviously a winner and wants to win, has the heart to do it. A way you might talk him into it and say, hey, we need to trade you to free up space. We want you to go to a competitive team. You know, we'll try to get you there. Which team would you like to go to to free that up and move him that way? offer him to go to San Francisco or Dallas or wherever and uh, have him yep. do that. Do right by him, but still free that up. And that could be done. Viking Jerome, yes. Clint Kubiak needs to go desperately, in my opinion. Uh, I could call better a better game. Mm-hmm. I could almost guarantee it. Um,
2: hey, Some of my play calls are mad. to be going crazy. They should hire me.
1: Well... <laughs> I'll have convinced somebody who's a Madden expert, help Zim with clock management and help the OC with you know certain the quickness of the computing. All right, in this situation, I know I need to go here. This situation, I need to go here, right? And as offensive coordinator, well, if I need to go here, I've got these lists of plays I can run. Well, I can build on this one. So I'll start this one build on it, change it, run it left, run it right, do something different, handoff, step throw, do whatever, and then you set that up for later in the game. Um, there is something to that in this modern day, how somebody like that could help a team. Now, do I think Mike Zimmer would embrace that? <laughs> Not willingly. He'd have to be convinced, and that would be a hard sell. So, I, I don't know. It's we're going to see change, so let's embrace the change. Look forward to it, because we don't have really a whole lot to look forward to the rest of this season, lest the Vikings get lucky as all get out, which we don't suspect. This, What's happening this Sunday? We play the hated team. The one from across the border. The one that wears cheese on their head. It's so weird. I know it is. Isn't it? <laughs> That's some weird stuff, man. It you uh, <laughs> talk about it. Here's the weather forecast for Sunday. Oh, Jesus. Ooh, Sunday night. I got it at 7. Kickoffs, I think, 7.20, something like that. Starting at negative 8 degrees Fahrenheit. It goes down to negative 12 by the time the game's over. And there's a nice – Seven to ten mile an hour breeze, which will add to the wind chill. It should be a fun um, one.
2: We're just, just going to hear about Rogers' toe the whole time. That's all. That's all they're going to. and about.
1: we're very well <laughs> made. That's going to hurt. That will hurt. Weathering conditions aren't good for throwing the football. That football gets hard when it's frozen outside. Um, mm-hmm. So the running game may be a benefit. We'll see if Dalvin Cook's back. Theoretically, he could come off the COVID list on Saturday. He would probably, mm-hmm. the team would already be there. So he'd have to fly separately or drive or however he wants to get there. Um, so it's going to be a fun one. And it's supposed to snow Saturday night. So we can expect the team airplane to go off the end of the runway. Like it did a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, we'll see. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, Will we win? I would love to see it. Should we win? Yeah,
2: no, cheering for. I it's Green Bay. I got to cheer for a win this time, and maybe it'll work in our favor. Maybe we can get Dalvin Cook back on the field and do some good things. We'll see.
1: Hey, I called for us to sweep the division, all except for the that one game against the winless Lions. We'll see. And I would love for us to spoil if we beat the Packers. I'm gonna be. And the cowboys win, oh, uh, I think the cowboys move into the number one seat, ooh,, yeah. okay, so, hmm. I would love to spoil the packers some way somehow. Mary start drinking early, Mary. I've already <laughs> started, <laughs> Tyler, Have you got any last things,
0: yeah. Yeah, um, so I'll say this. I, I'm with Deshaun. It's a game against the Packers. I'm always going to cheer for a Vikings win because at the end of the day, I'm a fan, but when it comes to the future of this team, a loss is probably going to serve us better in the long term, which is really yeah, kind of an interesting dichotomy to think about. Uh, I will be the cheering it. doesn't work. We'll see what happens. It's, it's the Packers. We, we, we have no idea what's going to happen. We really don't. We never know what's going to happen against Ooh. the Packers. Um, I'll say this. Um, if you haven't checked it out, I wrote a piece uh, earlier today for the Vikings Wire talking about why we should fire Mike Zimmer and why we should do it today. Because starting this week, you if you have informed your coach that they will not be back next year, you can start interviewing coaches for the next two weeks until the regular season's over. All you need is approval from their team. You could talk to Kellen Moore. You could talk to Byron Leftwich, Brian Dayball, Eric the Enemy, all these guys that are going to be candidates. You can get a leg up right now. If you know Zimmer's not going to be back and you're the Minnesota Vikings front office, it would be it, – it's, it's not in the M.O. of what the Wolves like to do, but this new rule changes everything. And I think that they should take advantage of it I don't believe that they will, and that's a little frustrating, but it would not shock me, just as it happened in 2019, when there were reports that they don't beat the Saints, that Zimmer's gone, that they are taking a wait-and-see approach with Mike Zimmer, and if he beats the Packers and the Bears to finish the season, and there's a chance that he returns, and that can be incredibly frustrating for us, knowing what it has happened with this team over the past few years, but this is the way the wolves operate, and we just kind of have to deal with it, which really stinks. But we, I, I would be shocked to see the Vikings win in Lambeau. I don't think they will.
1: If if they return Mike Zimmer and get rid of Spielman and then trade Cousins, I will talk you into how that's a good thing. Got it. I can I like see Spielman. that being a I good bet. thing, Dave.
0: I'm I would if I have to keep any of the three, I'm keeping Rick Spielman. And there are arguments for and against keeping any of the three and getting rid of the other two. Right now I am pro keep Rick Spielman over the other two. I can be convinced though.
2: It's Slick Rick, man.
0: You can't get rid of Slick Rick.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's not that? gonna get fired. He may get removed from his position. He will be with the team next year.
1: With that, let's wrap this up. This week on Climbing the Pocket, Jason is going to try to wrangle the guys together for in the huddle. Maybe we can get Dr. Eric Eager to go off again. He has such good rents. <laughs> Wednesday, Ryan is working on getting a guest host. Because Matt is dealing with COVID in his house and has to oh, no. play nursemaid. So, all prayers up to Matt that he keeps his strength and that he doesn't get it. <laughs> Thursday, we have the one and only, the great and wonderful Flip Mozzie, along with Eric Thompson of the Daily Norseman for Viking hot takes. And then Saturday, you get myself and fellow old blogger Darren Campbell to give you your pregame show and talk about what's going to happen in Green Bay. So, we will also be here in case there's any breaking news to discuss with you, the fan. You can contact us on Twitter, on Facebook, Probably by smoke signal or carrier pigeon, we are <laughs> around, and we appreciate that you are the fans, that you've liked, you subscribe, and you've rung the bell. And last night, we went over a thousand subscribers on YouTube, that warms <laughs> our hearts. We hey, shout
2: it out to the guy much. that uh, one of my followers actually. I can't remember. Ah, no, let me find who it was. Back to <laughs> me, notification. I got too many notifications, but you know who you are if you're watching tonight. It was during the game. It was during the game yesterday. He told me he followed, got us to a thousand.
1: That's so, cool. yeah,
2: we're not here without you guys. Whoever, whoever's in the chat now, whoever's watching, we're not here without you. You make the show better. You help me crack my jokes.
1: <laughs> and pass your <laughs> test. So <make> sure you <laughs> uh, Tyler, what do we say? <laughs> Tyler.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. I apologize for my lack of video today as my night went completely awry. From Deshaun, from Dave, I'm Tyler, where we keep your Mondays purple. Skull, Mikey! Go. Skull! go!
1: Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, make sure you rate us and always feel free to join the conversation here at Climbing the Pop.